Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 143, and today we'll be talking about Bismuth. I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. So, mm, this was, I think, probably the most... Because we talked about with Wanted, about how it was really one continuous special, not so much five separate episodes. But for this, it wasn't even two episodes at all. It was like one continuous episode, much more so than Wanted. Yeah, they even had two separate commercial breaks instead of the usual one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they had the special commercial bumpers. They really put out... Ah, I love those little yeah. bumpers. I love them. <laughs> yeah, I liked how they had the title card, too, just being so mixed into the episode, how it was integrated. Oh, yeah, how they have... They're even giving credits while everybody's hanging out with Bismuth. Yeah. Well, and the reason for that, too, is there were four storyboarders on this episode, which is not typical either. Um, Well, it is double length. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So was it just two per each half? I didn't think about that. Okay. Mm. I don't know how they divvied it up. Well, I imagine, like, there was a lot of work being done by everybody. Kind of everybody was putting in their tidbits and kind of divvying up who did what a lot more. I think uh, Rebecca Sugar did quite a bit of the storyboards. Who were the storyboarders? The four we, had, we had uh, Colin, Jeff Liu, Lamar Abrams, and Katie Mitroff. Lamar and Katie do some really good stuff together. I don't always like Lamar's. Um, it, sometimes with some of the people he's paired with, it goes a little more off-model, thinking like beach party or house guest. But with Katie, he's done good stuff, like The Answer. So, um, yeah, it's they, like the animation in this is so good, uh, especially when you have to do an introduction character like Bismuth. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you don't have previous episodes to base the design off of. And there's so many great close ups. There's a lot of raw emotion, you know, real emotion that has to be put into this one with close ups on Bismuth's face and stuff. And yeah, absolutely. Like... So they did great. Yeah, the the this episode really has a lot of rewatch value because you can really see how Bismuth is sort of hiding, you know, what happened to her from the gems and how it's brought up. And you don't really catch on to it. I mean, like, if you might, but I didn't really catch on to it when I watched it the first time. And obviously, you watch it the second, third time, you really see those kind of... Mm-hmm. There's, there's some obvious ones, but there's a lot of subtle ones, too, which I really liked. Yeah. Watching it again, uh, I really appreciated Amethyst's reaction more. She really, from the beginning, looks pretty doubtful of who Bismuth is, even from her just opening line of, oh, wow, a total stranger. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, not only did Rose not even tell the Garnet and Pearl about what happened to Bismuth, but no one talked about her after that either. It's just strange. Yeah, I feel like Amethyst was kind of the pre-Steven. Like, she yeah. really, like... Does not ask follow-up questions? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she seemed to be very much put out of the loop and was not involved in the war and a lot of stuff was happening around her. But, like, the thing with Amethyst is that she wasn't directly descendant of Rose Court, so yeah. it wasn't so much related to her. Versus with Steven, like, he kind of has to be involved. Versus Amethyst, it was just sort of, like, not her business or she didn't really care. I actually don't think it's that big a deal that Bismuth was never mentioned to anybody. I mean, she wasn't around for the last 300 years of the war, which were probably the most intense. Because remember, it's probably not until after Bismuth was bubbled that Pink Diamond was shattered. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the big decisive battle of the war happened like just before Bismuth was bubbled. So I think the 700 years leading up to Bismuth, I mean, they're they're fighting battalions of soldiers and they got dropships, but things got kicked up a notch <laughs> right around when she was bubbled. Yeah, I mean, like trying to piece together the timeline of this war is really difficult. Like now we have to think about the, the strawberry field battle. And I gotta be honest, I very much would have placed that much earlier in the war, if you had asked me before this episode. Yeah, same. I I don't know, because, like, then it kind of brings up the question of, if this is the big deciding battle in the war, why did Rose have to shatter Pink Diamond, or why was Pink Diamond shattered at all? I always viewed the battle at the Strawberry Battlefield as the... Battle after which Homeworld never had an army big enough to threaten the Crystal Gems. It was after that point, I think, that the Crystal Gems had more the run of the countryside, and it was the Homeworld Gems that were restricted to their bases of operations. So we talked about this last episode about when we think that the gem experiment started before or after Pink Diamond Shattering. What did we agree on? It it must have been after the shadow yeah. because Paradox yeah. had a few hundred years of reports and they only started the project after they decided they couldn't keep the colony and Yellow Diamond wants Absolutely. to blow the planet up. So I definitely think that um so we could put the Strawberry Battlefield was kind of a very significant battle where suddenly it was more than just a rebellion, it was like a revolution. They were really looking to win. And that probably caused a lot of problems with homeworld and i think like maybe rose tried to agree with like an armistice or something and it like went wrong and that's what ended in pink diamond being shattered Mm. because i i'm kind of along the lines of like it's not as simple as rose rushing up to pink diamond shattering her and then just calling it a day like it's a lot more complicated than it seemed originally yeah, Garnet, I mean, when she tells Steven about why Rose decided to shatter Pink Diamond, I mean, she said it as sort of as if it was an ultimatum, like, either the gems on Earth will get to be free, Garnet can be who she is, Amethyst can be who she is, Pearl can be who she is, but only if Pink Diamond is out of the picture. Uh, I'm interested to see, like, why that was the case. Because, I mean, it seems like the Crystal Gems were too, doing pretty good at fighting, but... I don't know. It also brings into the question the whole, we kind of brought up corruption last time. If if Homeworld had that ability the whole time throughout the war, war, you'd think that it wouldn't have to be a thousand year war either, right? Like if they could have just, from space, just, you know, wiped out everything on the surface, then I don't know. It's weird that, uh, there's so many timeline questions in this. That- the corruption is... Maybe it's like a nuclear option for them, something they really do not like to resort to. Yeah. Well, and also if the Crystal Gems did have a lot more spaceships, might not have been as effective. It seemed kind of like mm. the, when they made the decision to do corruption, not only were any of the Crystal Gems expecting it, but obviously many of Homeworld's own members <laughs> didn't get to make it off planet in time. So yeah, is interesting. Yeah, and I mean, like, if they did decide, okay, there's a rebellion, we'll evac- evacuate all our friends and just nuke it from orbit. Like, they still have to deal with the problem because now there's a bunch of corrupted gems that they have to clear out before they can start colonizing again. Oh, they're still a lot easier to deal with than an organized resistance. That is true, but like, there's also it probably might have been very um, 
energy consuming, very difficult to make or to pull off. So it's a, it's definitely not their first choice. Yeah. And it's just sort of really trying to piece together how this war went out. Like it ha it was about a thousand years. We know that. And Garnet joined towards the beginning when the rebellion was considered very much not yeah, a threat. She fought it for 750 years. Yeah, so she, so for the first couple hundred years, they were just like little bandit group they'd never really thought of. Like, the homeworld didn't really even care to sneeze at them. But, um. Bismuth probably didn't join too long after Garnet. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. I think Garnet was definitely basically the third member to join. Two other timeline sort of questions that Bismuth brings up. One thing that I really like that GC brought up last week was the question of. Is Rose truly from Earth or not? Uh, Bismuth here mentions when she's talking to Stephen about sort of how her life was changed by Rose Quartz that she had been, you know, working on constructing things across many different colonies for the gems. And then when she came to Earth, she met this or heard about somehow Rose Quartz, this gem from Earth who decided to be different. Yeah, the line is that Rose Quartz was made right here in the dirt. Yeah, yeah so I definitely think that Rose came from Earth. Whether or not she was high enough class to visit Homeworld um, could be a different question. I think it's a possibility, but I can't really be sure. Like, it all kind of, it's based on the fact of, like, how inherently uh, upper class or elite were Rose Quartz is compared to other Quartz gems. Right. I mean, there were a lot of them that we saw in whatever room that was. I'm not sure why they were all in the zoo, but um, in the same structure. Pink Diamond's little sanctum, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just keeping everything that was important to Pink Diamond in one place. But I mean, you know, if. I mean, our Rose Quartz is still spe very special with all our powers. It'd be weird if all those other ones also had the same power. So I still feel like there's credence to what you said that maybe Rose still could possibly. Like, that could just be part of her myth, that she's still not actually... You know, it's great to rally people behind um, that, you know, she was grown in the dirt, but it'd be interesting to see where that goes. It also brings up the question, it's like, I'm thinking how different Rose, Rose, our Rose Quartz from other Rose Quartz is. Like, was she kind of the case with Jasper, where she was this ultimate Quartz that had a lot of potential and then kind of turned on her own kind, or... Was she just a run-of-the-mill Rose Quartz that just thought a little bit differently? We don't know. Yep. She's quite the mystery right now, I yeah. should say. The other thing that comes from Bismuth about the timeline is that if Lion, you know, Rose was keeping these secrets, right? She bubbled Bismuth, and this is before Pink Diamond shattering. Where does that bubble go, you know? Like, if she hasn't shattered Pink Diamond, then she doesn't have a pink diamond ship sitting out in the desert and she's definitely not keeping bismuth's uh gem in the temple so you know where was like where did her starting to collect things keep secrets you know when did that start is something else weird well obviously she had some place she could hide it away from pearl yeah yeah that's true i mean pearl's with her all the time Where's she going to send it? She doesn't have a ship base. She doesn't have... Well, she doesn't have a ship base if she doesn't have a special connection with Pink Diamond, which we don't know that either, but... Hmm. 
Yeah, well, what, what I really do wonder is how did that final confrontation between Rose and Bismuth go down? Because if you look at Bismuth's reaction when she becomes unbubbled, she's scrambling to defend herself. Yeah. But then when she's talking, she makes it pretty clear that she attacked Rose. Right. I mean, if we're to take what Bismuth says near the end of the episode, you know, that the interaction sort of parallels how it went down earlier, because she's like, that's exactly what she said. I feel like we're kind of seeing the same sort of confrontation. Bismuth probably tried to show Rose Quartz this weapon that would change the war. And then Rose said, no, that's not okay. And Bismuth in her passion was like, you know, whatever point they were at in the war, no, we need this weapon. We're going to use it. And yeah. And then she got bubbled because probably the same thing. Mm -hmm. Bismuth tried to attack Rose and Rose defended herself. But I would think of it as defense. I wouldn't think Rose Quartz. That would that would be scary for Rose to be the one who's just like, uh, you created that weapon, stab. I don't know. Well, she would have very good reason to, because, you know, Bismuth talks a lot about how Rose inspired her, but I get the feeling that she's kind of unique among the Crystal Gems in... I mean, she's definitely the radical. She's the, yeah. we need to go to Homeworld and shatter the diamonds. Everyone else is like, oh, you know, we want to be free. And she's like... We need to go free everyone else. So yeah, this kind of brings up the the idea that the war, the rebellion was fought for kind of two major reasons. One was uh, what we originally thought, you know, the Crystal Gems just trying to protect Earth. And the second was, one was to liberate um, the gems who fought the rebellion from homeworld's tyranny and to sort of like allow them to be free and to express themselves and to be unique in the way that they want to be and to to make themselves and i think like really bismuth was the first we see of this kind of other idea of liberating these gems because at first it was really only to protect earth yeah that's what pearl and garnet are both all about well pearl's all about following rose but this is what she says Rose's mission was, protect the Earth. Yeah, and, and that's how they always phrased it to Stephen. They never really brought up, you know, how we needed to do this because, you know, Garnet and I and Amethyst, too, would never have fit in in Homeworld. We never could have been the people that we wanted to be. And... Although they do really sanitize Homeworld for him. They might... I mean, he never even knew that the Crystal Gems fought against other gems until Lapis showed up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, they really didn't want to have him know about Homeworld, and I think that might be because because of that corrupting agent, that whole second reason from the war was kind of for nothing. You know, they fought so hard to liberate all these gems, and then the vast majority of them ended up getting corrupted and couldn't even live to be free the way they wanted to. Yeah, well, and also, we haven't seen this component of Pearl in a long time, but, you know, early on with her taking him to the Lunar Sea Spire and, and some other moments, I, Pearl is sort of proud of some parts of gem culture uh, to the point where, you know, in Space Race, she even wants to see from a distance what Homeworld's like, what's been going on without her. So, you know, at least for her character, telling Steven about all the horrors of Homeworld and all the bad components of gem culture she takes some amount of pride or part in it, even though she was straight up a, a servant to someone else. Uh, she still liked it in some ways. So at least that yeah. would be her reason. 
I think it, it might be the case that Pearl was just lonely. I mean, you live on this planet with only three other beings that are like you and everyone else is humans, which you have very little interest in. And then one of them is gone. You know, the one you're closest to, Rose, uh, turns into Steven and now Pearl's really like, you know, maybe she did have a kind of like little social click with some of the other pearls in Homeworld or <laughs> I mean, I imagine it must get really boring and lonely to just do nothing but interact with the same three people and just fight uh, corrupted gems like. Yeah, yeah. Unlike Bismuth, who, uh, you know, mentioning the Crystal Gem extended family. I don't know if we're ever going to get to see some of those guys again. If, uh, you know, Crazy Lace, Biggs. Where are my flashbacks? <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know. Steven Universe is not about directly showing us the past. And the only times they've done it were sequentially with stories about Greg and Rose. And I just don't know if they're going to go back and show us the war again. They like showing it through a hologram or through some other more personal story or just through, you know. But I'd love to see it. Well, I'm kind of seeing, like, the very last scene of this series. The very last scene of Steven Universe is Steven discovering how to fully heal a corrupted gem. And he just goes through all the bubbles in the basement and just uncorrupts all of them. And we do get to see Crazy Lace and Biggs and Snowflake. Now, the last scene has to be him cheering as he learns that they're going to start making Cookie Cats again. And it would bookend the series <laughs> yes. perfectly. <laughs> it's just, okay, now he's like walking away from the beach house that's full to the brim with these new gems. And he walks up to the big donut and it says, Cookie Cats reinstated. Yeah, his greatest <laughs> triumph. And the star like fades out and we get the end credits for the show. <laughs> yeah, That's a series arc, getting his Cookie Cats back. <laughs> I always get what I want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. But yeah, we are really seeing, like, the horizon with the end of Steven Universe, and I don't know how to feel about that. Like, on one hand, it is going very well. Like, the pacing, I'm very happy with it. Like, despite the massive hiatuses, it's, um, it it's making for what could be a very good ending to the show, but at the other hand, I don't want it to end, so... We have to kind of deal with that. You know, this could very well be the last season of Steven Universe. I mean, I can't see how they eh. would extend it. Maybe one other season, but hmm, I don't know. Well, let's just hope that the crew universe has made a plan of attack. Maybe we get one more season. Because think, like, the seasons have been cut down, so they're now, what, 20 episodes each? So 26? Yeah, more or less. So we either see the the show ending in 20 episodes or in like 40, 50 episodes. So, you know, I, I think we could get six seasons. Imagine six seasons in a movie. That would be a dream. Come true. <laughs> that would be a meme come true. <laughs> that is true. But at the same time, like I'm willing to make that sacrifice just to get that, that, that beautiful Steven universe movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Ronaldo when... finally becomes bloodstone. <laughs> that's not too far from the realm of possibility. Yeah, we talked about this the last episode of, like, is Steven now morally required and I to still resurrect say no. everybody? Like, are we going to see Connie turning pink? <laughs> I feel like they can't, you know, what they've done it with Lars, but they can't. 
uh, the shock factor is gone from seeing someone else die. And also, that just brings up so many weird philosophical implications. <laughs> it's so. 10 years in the future, and we have, like, an adult, a 24-year-old Steven, and all of his friends are pink. And you just have to sort of, like, piece together what happened. That'd be a great... Mm. <laughs> so, uh, we talked a little bit about how tough... Uh, Steven was back in the Steven versus Amethyst fight. Um, for one, based on the fact that he had already been in there, I, I do kind of wonder why he didn't show Bismuth what he had on the battlefield, because that's probably not too intense for him. He can take the hits they're dishing out, but... Well, keep in mind, he just had a big massive fight with Amethyst. He's probably all fought out. Yeah. And he was... Well, uh, obviously not. <laughs> he seemed pretty disturbed by business violence i mean you know when the crystal gems are hanging out business says it was ritualistic for them to spar before battle but he hasn't seen them interact like that for the most part so he looked pretty uncomfortable in his beach chair and a lot happier once they were baking pizza and playing yeah. cards. it was so. a pretty good natured sparring though yeah i know it's just it's curious I, again i just i just wish Somebody had explained to Bismuth the... Uh, well, I guess they can't explain to Bismuth why Lonely Blade shouldn't use the Corrupt Sword, because the fact that that trope exists is foreshadowing what happened to Bismuth and what she would have done with her infinite power. Yeah. Bad things. Well, yeah. As far as, like, the breaking point goes, you know, for the time of the war, I guess Bismuth's creation was the first thing that could shatter gems, but, like... Compare that to now, like in the context of when she was showing Steven again this weapon she created. There's just dumb little robinoids that can break apart gems. You know, a future conflict between the Crystal Gems and Homeworld, that breaking point would equalize. I guess it would be a fair fight in that both could be able to shatter because those things, like who knows what they can do now. I don't think the breaking point was ever necessary. I mean... Jasper's an era one gem, and after she poofed Amethyst, she was going to shatter Amethyst's gem with her bare hand. Oh, I mean, yeah. she's yeah. a she's a really strong quartz, but uh, I mean, you could take it, grab it in your hand, and bang it against a rock. I mean, anything will do. Yeah, right. I mean, like the 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 fact that bubbling or the fact that poofing a gem and shattering a gem like do not require that many extra steps. I mean, yeah. Bismuth was just sort of like. Instead of poofing a gem, bubbling a gem, and then shattering it later, like, I'm just going to straight up shatter it right now, here and I'm then. pretty sure, though, that it was Mr. Burnett on Twitter who, you know, when asked uh, if the diamonds would change their physical appearance after being poofed, he, he laughed at the, at the idea of poofing a diamond. And I'm wondering if that's why the breaking point was necessary, because you're not going to be able to poof a diamond and hold her gem in your hand and squeeze it until it breaks. You have to break it yeah. while she's fighting you. Okay, that yeah, that makes sense. If it's about specifically the diamonds, which are I mean, if their the physical problem. forms are just that yeah. tough. Yeah, I mean, like, I can imagine them swinging that sword at a diamond and it just tinking right off the side. You know, it's all just... It's, it brings up so many questions. I mean... Huh... I think they kind of wrote themselves into a little bit of a corner with an indirect kiss and how easily Amethyst's gem was cracked. Yeah. Well, she did fall, like, a hundred feet straight on her gem. 
And and she's scrappy. I mean, you know, maybe her gem's just easier to... These things just happen? Well, she she is a defective gem. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, what... It, diamonds aside, is it... It's not really that hard to just poof a gem. And if you have the option to disable an enemy, but causing them no permanent harm at just, like, with no, like, minimal extra effort. You just bubble them, you know, as you go. Like, why wouldn't you? And it kind of does bring up the philosophical question. A lot of people were saying, you know, the the homeworld gems are essentially Nazis and that they should be shattered. And it's like, it is it is kind of a philosophical question that people themselves have been talking about. And I do think, like, there are a lot of um, parallels you can draw with war and the war that we kind of experience, but it's something that's very, very different because there's no real way to just put a human out of commission with no permanent consequences to the human. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rose obviously made her decision. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's just like pink diamond shattering could very well have been an accident that no one really Oof. anticipated. I'm ooh, getting to the end of season five is going to be tremendous just to find out what really happened. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And also, like it, it, it does bring up the idea that you know a lot of these gems fighting for homeworld really don't have any other choice. They're just doing what they're they're supposed to be doing, and they're not really the ones in charge. Like they do have some redemption, redeeming qualities, you know. It's like the rubies. They're sent to punch rebels. They punch rebels. It's what they do. Yeah, and it's just sort of like Bismuth was talking about the gem elites, obviously. You know, the ones who are in high enough status to own pearls. Like, probably like Aquamarine or something like that. And it's not really the gem elites that are doing that nitty-gritty fighting who are getting their hands dirty. Like, Bismuth would be shattering a lot of amethysts and other courts who are just, like, doing what they have to do and don't really see a way out. Can you imagine Bismuth shattering the Famethyst? Would the fans be able to oh. forgive her? Oh, <laughs> Unredeemable. Oh, that would mm. be awful. It does. It's also like, could Steven heal a shattered gem? Well, that's what I'm wondering about. What's They'd inside. come back pink. <laughs> I mean, that treasure chest in Lion, like if that contains some shattered gem, possibly a shattered diamond... I would love to see that possibility How explored. How would it fit? Uh, uh, well, okay. They make extra-dimensional everything else. <laughs> Why not an extra-dimensional treasure chest? I mean, how big are the diamonds, gems? About the size of a fully grown person. They're bigger than mm. Steven. And uh, it would also have to be bubbled, so it wouldn't be having like those creepy limbs and all that. <laughs> That's true. That'd be... Pretty weird. A bunch of diamond limbs shaking around in the chest. Enormous. <laughs> but, it, yeah, where are pink diamonds shards? Were right. they taken back to Homeworld? I mean, that is a good point, because, like, they, when you shatter a gem, it's not like a human that just decays, right? Like, the shards are still a thing that hmm. have to be dealt with. Oh, now here's an, here's an idea. Like, just a, just a possibility. What if the homeworld put Pink Diamond's shards into the cluster, you know, kind of as part of as a revenge for on the planet for being the place where a diamond was shattered, and 
maybe if she were a more compassionate one, maybe that would be why the cluster was willing to bubble itself. Food for thought, maybe. Mm. Okay, I do not think that the diamonds would have put the shards into the cluster, the di- the pink diamond shards into the cluster, because that's like, it's equated with torture, the kind of suffering. Yeah, I mean, they were doing that. I don't, I don't know that Blue would have allowed it, but she might not have known. Yeah. I mean, yellow diamond seems to be a very practical sword. If she's going to, if she's going to suffer one way or another, she might as well suffer destroying this miserable planet. Maybe. I'd agree with Sophia, though. Like, I mean, when Garnet, you know, first saw the fusion experiments, she was struggling with the idea that it was like punishment for the rebellion. And, you know, she mentioned that the they were crystal gems buried together. So I kind of think, but, you know, I mean, that's so many shattered gems in the cluster. Uh, if that's only exclusive, you know, who was sorting through them and making sure they were crystal gems? Maybe they could have included pink diamond shards, right. but... That's that's hundreds of thousands, at the very least, of uh, dead gems. Yeah, it's a lot. One thing that it might have been gems from the beta kindergarten, that might be why they were just throwing down injectors wherever. They don't care if the gem comes out good. If it comes out bad, they shatter it and put it in the cluster. And if it comes out good, good, we have a soldier. Oh, my god. Well, I don't think they did do that because we saw... Um... In the Thamethyst, they had quite a few, yeah. uh, you know... They had a lot of ones that came out well enough to fight. Uh, what was the name of the, the red one? Carnelian. Carnelian, yeah, I mean... That's the one who came out sideways. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, like, that would be super extra cruel to just shatter a gem straight as it came out. And and it does kind of, like, Rutile is a sort of, like, natural gem fusion. Like two gems yeah. in the ground that were too close to each other. It's like if 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 those artificial gem fusions happened naturally and it happened, um, well, the, with the same hmm. gem. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rutile's a Rutile's an interesting one. It's like she has one mind for walking, but yeah, it, hmm. it seems to be two different individuals, but they both kind of think of themselves as one person, but not entirely, because they're still referred to as... That'd be interesting if they're able to use, like, the fusion mind meld for walking and using arms, but if they still have the heads and they can talk with each other. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's interesting, like, do they have individual control of each arm? Because you see one rutile holding her chin with the other rutile's arm. Hmm. So either that's just, like, a fun habit that they like to do, or they can sort of communicate in a sort of basic way about their motor skills. But I guess that's really neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so many questions. And it's like, Steven Universe answers none of them, ever. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm really surprised that we have not seen more Bismuth uh, at this point. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, why haven't they unbubbled her and talked to her about it? Or is it just that, like... I mean, all three of them pushed the bubble up in the bubble room. They were all in agreement that that was a thing that should happen after Stephen told them about the conflict he had with Bismuth. They well, she did try to kill agreed. me. Yeah, but you know, like, when he has the sword in Bismuth, and, and she's talking to him and, and, like, shedding tears, it seems like she's already redeemed herself. I mean, I don't know if at that point she has, she probably still thinks Steven is Rose Quartz, 
maybe but she kind of recognizes him as steven again because she's like maybe you are better than her it's so like that right there already shows Biff smith being <laughs> redeemed so it's so weird that they just left her in the bubble but it's kind well, of like how peridot and lapis are off somewhere else in a barn it's like well what are we gonna do with bismuth we can't have just five crystal gems in the house and we don't we, know what else to do have with this her. psycho running around unsupervised <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, and it's just like, maybe there was just too much going on at the moment with Homeworld having this reinterest in Earth to be able to focus on Bismuth right now. And Bismuth did try and kill Steven. Like, she Everybody act- tries to kill Steven, though. <laughs> it's like a rite of passage for new gems. Yeah, but she straight up would have, like, slam-dunked him into lava if given the chance. She was just about to shatter his gem right then and there. Yeah. Lapis was gonna drown him. That is true. I think, ooh, yeah, it's all kind of very disturbing. I mean, and then Peridot made the implicit threat of shooting him in the head with her blast cannon, even though I doubt she would have followed through on it. I mean, she also, like, explicitly told all four of them to die, 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 die. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, I think, well, Peridot's a little different because she seems to be very disconnected from her actions. She doesn't really understand. Like, Bismuth was very well understanding what she was about to do to Steven, and totally okay with it. Yeah. I mean, that's also with her beat under the direction that it's Rose, and she's definitely got (laughs) some anger with Rose. Well, yeah, you know, you can just run Rose through with a sword, and she'll be fine. You you can't do that with Steven. (laughs) No siree. Yeah, not so much. It's like chopping at Steven. It's like, why aren't you poofing? It's like, this is all the me that I am. Uh, but yeah, I hope she comes back, but anyone with the celebrity voice actress is going to be tough. We still haven't got new Opal lines. Um, where is my Nicki Minaj? <laughs> yeah, of all the guests. Can you blame her? She's too famous. I just think it's hilarious that they got Nicki Minaj on the show, and she was in one episode. And I just Te- technically two. No, because in that in that second episode, well, it was just a rerun of that line in the Sardonyx episode. Well, those lines. She's not actually in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> See, they can get Sardonyx's voice actress in whenever they need to. Yeah, I mean, Nicki Minaj is you know bigger than all of us, so that could be very <laughs> difficult. Yeah, I mean, they've gotten Patty Lapone as Yellow Diamond, and she's gonna continue to need more lines to read so hopefully with business they planned it'd be so weird if the next time we see bismuth is when steven decides to unbubble all the gems in there i mean that just seems Mm. like a waste of the character but yeah i mean the whole episode is kind of weird where it's placed anyway because we see the inside of lion's mane like once in lion three and then we never explicitly see the inside again so it's just kind of like they throw out Hey, there's a gem in there. Think about that. And then episode 100. Here's the gem. I hope you liked her because <laughs> you ain't seeing her again. So, I mean, you know. Nah. Yeah, and it's just like, I think Steven didn't pop her maybe because he thought it was just like another corrupted gem or he just sort of wanted to stay in his lane. Yeah. Like, I- obviously, <laughs> now he's not of that mentality. Now he's like wanting to you know, reveal all of Rose's secrets. Yeah, he still doesn't ask follow-up questions, but he is still poking where Rose doesn't want him to poke. Yeah. Well, she didn't expect him to poke. She didn't expect 
any of this to come up at all. She just thought Stephen was going to live a little normal human life with a couple gem powers. And now he's got well, like. Lions sought him out. That's true. Maybe Rose didn't even know that Lion would do that. I don't think anyone. Well, no, I mean, she put a tape that says for Steven. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're right. I mean, she planned Lion. There's a plan. But, I mean, you know, for Steven, he was questioning whether that was a plan for some great destiny. But according to Greg and the tape, it's just that she just wanted him to be a human being and maybe get to experience that herself a little bit. Yeah, and it's just like, hmm. Maybe she, you know, put that tape in Steven. She's like, oh, I forgot there's a bubble in there of bismuth. <laughs> I mean, so you know, that could be her. I mean, all the things in there could be her. I mean, if she's leaving a tape for Steven, she knows Steven's going to see all of it. So maybe all those things are things she wishes Steven would deal with. Um, that could have been the intention with bismuth mm. John. Yeah, I think, like, it's hard to say if she... I think it's, well, really, like, Rose had no idea about the whole homeworld involvement in the cluster, but I think she did want Steven to see the things in Lion's Mane. Yeah, so, like, she wanted to give Bismuth a second chance. Didn't work out so hot. (laughs) Okay, no, but here's this question. Did Rose know that Steven was going to be a boy before he was born? Well... No, because that's Lion 4, right? Because but then... Nora? If Steven had been Nora, he, she would have found the 4 Steven tape in Lion's Mane. Okay, that's interesting. Who... Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Exactly. That's Nobody a problem. Knows. Why was Nobody the Nora knows. tape... I mean, maybe at some point Garnet had future vision about it. Like, maybe they just made the tapes really early. That's definitely never going to be explained in show, but yep, that's... <laughs> that's a little bit of a that's, plot hole. Gar- that's so Garnet's plot. Like Maybe she has a second thrall who has oh, since yeah. died. Oh, <laughs> there's just two lions, and the other lion's just like, well, I'm never being used. Just also yeah, has... Uh, yeah, that's everything. the one with the big treasure chest with Pink Diamond's remains. <laughs> yeah, every yeah. everything in the desert that we saw was the second lion that died, and everything in its mane just exploded outwards. <laughs> Oh, because oh was... gosh. <laughs> oh, that's... Yeah, I mean, like... Whoa! <laughs> that's like... just. Uh, she's like, you know, um, Garnet, just go kill the other lion. And <laughs> it'll explode in the <laughs> desert. And don't talk to anyone about it and pretend to be Maybe surprised when cow. you see the lion. Garnet hates cows. <laughs> well, she didn't kill the cows, GC. <laughs> Well, yeah, she's, she... already, she's already slaked her thirst for cow blood. Now she just chases them away. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, those desert cows. <laughs> hey, if, if they have a slower metabolism, they're tough. Maybe, maybe okay. they all de- maybe they do develop a taste for okay, magical lizard way, after all. The way to answer this completely absurd notion that obviously the Kruniverse probably didn't put this much thought into is that Rose knew at the last second, and she put the Steven tape in Lion and chucked out the Nora tape, and there we go. Rose knew. <laughs> Last second. <laughs> well, maybe last not the not the last last second where she's doing some like trick shot of that tape in the lion's mane <laughs> and while in labor, and the other one into the desert. Yeah, she three sixty no scopes the tape right into the mane. <laughs> <laughs> Slam dunked. Nothing but net. Oh my god. 
And I wonder I wonder what kind of movies Rose would have taken Steven to. Maybe actual space jams. <laughs> I think Steven would have loved the space jam movie. I think so too. Steven loves everything though. Well, he does dislike some things. Yeah, I yeah, I remember it. He dislikes sandwiches cut in halves. Not diagonal. No, he thinks they're supposed to be in halves. That's the triangle well, is no. the only shape a sandwich should be. Well, I mean, he doesn't like sandwiches cut in halves that are in squares or rectangles. He doesn't like square pizza. Yeah, he does not like square pizza. Despite his claim that he loves all basic shapes, it seems that he's learned to accept all pizzas. <laughs> I think Rick's such a good influence on him. He doesn't like lion liquors. Who does? <laughs> okay, first of all, I love those. Um, okay, the series arc, the series has to end with Cookie Cats getting put back into production. Yeah, absolutely. That, oh boy. That that would just be, like, such a perfect circle. Like, you know, Steven's walking away from, you know, all the happy gems of the beach house. And he's up at the big donut and he sees Cookie Cats. And that's it. And that's the end of this show. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's like he opens his mouth and he's doing the, uh, you know, you know, like he's about to break into the cookie cat rap. And then it starts rolling credits. And, and it's playing of the cookie like you, cat song. It's the cookie oh, cat Oh my rap. goodness. Yeah. It, it's too perfect. It has to happen. I'm, I'm <laughs> The Cruniverse okay. listening to the show like, Rebecca, we need, we need a plan. We have to scrap our planned ending. We have to get Cookie Cats back somehow. How are we going to get Cookie Cats back? They can't just bring them back on a whim. No, I was talking about how, like, we predicted their ending and now they have to change it. Oh, they better not. They did that with Mass Effect 3 and it was awful. (laughs) Did they do that with Mass Effect 3? That's what the word was. The Mass Effect 3's ending was rewritten because the intended ending kind of got leaked. Yeah. Well, wasn't and it? The intended yeah. ending made sense, and so now the new one doesn't. <laughs> so, anyone have any more thoughts about the episode Bismuth? I mean, again, I just want to say that uh, I'll bet it'd be really funny if she uses it a third time. Not funny at all. Yeah, that was a cute little sort of like joke throughout the episode. I all, I think my little favorite little moment, I guess, was um. Bismuth climbing out of Lion and Lion's face. Yeah, his yes. Yeah. I liked I like the how else am I going to remember the time I rode the bird, he asks <laughs> as he puts it next to the picture of him <laughs> riding the bird in the frame that literally says, You rode the Thunderbird. He lives within walking distance of the theme park. Yeah. He could just ride it whenever he wanted to. I mean we don't know that it was at the Beach City Funland, do we? Mm, no, I don't think so. It, it doesn't strike me as a Greg taking Steven out of Beach City for those kind of trips. Maybe when he was younger, but I don't know. Mm. It, maybe it's in Surge City. I mean, he does know the tri-state area. Mm. Another line I liked was just um, the yeah, like an oven line. When Bismuth says, <laughs> uh, it's about to get, yeah, you think it's hot in here now? Yeah, like an oven. Um. <laughs> that, that makes me shake my head every time I hear it. It's like, really, guys? We're gonna put that in? Okay. It was funny. It was just sort of like, 
a, an anti-choke. Yeah, anti-choke, that's about right. You know, I mean, in real life, you wouldn't bat an eye at that. Like, Steven probably just thought he couldn't be heard or something like that. <laughs> uh. As far as uh, just um, in this episode in the context of um, Steven Universe's popularity, this was the last episode to reach 2 million viewers. Um, since then, I guess the audience has really been shifting online. Uh, I'm not sure. This one was part of the Summer of Steven. I don't know how it got the exceptional ratings, but it, oh, it there deserved was a lot it. of hype for Bismuth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess they had her whole character reveal before the episode even came out officially. So. Yeah, I remember that it spoiled the fact that Amethyst reformed. Because <laughs> we saw her with her new outfit in the background. Yeah. Hmm. They could have just put a big black sensor bar over Amethyst. <laughs> that would have raised the, <laughs> the ratings way up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I call it Occupy. Those, like, the, all the theories or something like that. It's like, maybe there's a new gen that literally cannot be seen. <laughs> it's like, and it's just, it's Amethyst and she reformed and we didn't want to It just it. happens to be Amethyst tight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh. Well, guys, Bismuth was a fun episode. Fun character who I, I wish we could see more of. Hopefully we probably we will. will. I hope so. But, uh, but yeah, we'll all be here next week. Until then, I'm JC13. I'm Sophia. And I'm David. Leave us a review on iTunes. Do it. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.